uh, worry. You know, we're, we're in the, the Psalms, and we'll get into the verse here in just a little bit. But I, 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 tit- I titled this The What Ifs and the Howls, two families that we, we say their name a lot. <laughs> we say, yeah, but what if? I probably ought to throw yeah, but in there too. And, and, and how will? How will I do this? How will I do that? How am I going to take care of that? And, and we, we say this over and over and over as we go through life. Does anybody here ever deal with, um, with worry? Anybody? How many actually worry about being worried? That's, yeah, that's kind of how bad it's getting. And, and it's drifting down now. I, I remember when I was a little kid, I don't know that I worried a whole lot. Uh, you know, I mean, I had my moments. But now, nowadays, even little kids are worried. You know, they're eight years old worrying about how they're going to get into college. You know, it's like, chill, chill. Um, just little kids are going into counseling, going into counseling because they're so stressed and so worried about things. It, it's, it's amazing the world we live in. We're, we live in the richest country in the world, the country that has the most opportunities in the world, and yet we stress more than anybody in the world. How is that? People living in grass huts in Africa are happier than we are. What's that about? Yet we worry, we fret all the time. Matthew 6 and verse 27 lays this out for us so clearly, right? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus could have said a minute, a second. You can't add any of this to your life. By worrying, the Greek word there for, for worry means to divide the mind. Let me tell you what worry is, because the devil loves to put it on us. Worry is a distraction. If he can get you worried, that, then you've lost your joy. If he can get you worried, then you're not focused on what God wants anymore. If he can get you worried, then you're not believing and trusting anymore. So it is a major distraction from what God is doing right now. I heard this story of a wealthy man who hired a guy, hired a guy to worry for him. He said, I'll pay you $100,000 a year if you worry for me. Guy said, whoa, yeah, I'll, I'll take that on. I'll do it. And he says, by the way, how are you going to pay me? He said, that's your first worry. <laughs> Smart guy. Amen? <laughs> worry demonstrates a lack of faith. Sorry. Now you're worried about that? Philippians 1.6, I'm going to give you a lot of word. How many love the word? Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very 
thing or this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, we've got to get a hold of this thing. If God started us out on this journey, he'll finish us out on this journey. If God says, I'm going to do this, then let's hang on until he does it. Amen. Let's stop getting worried about every step of the way and start believing the word of the Lord. Amen. Whose report will you believe? Give him a praise. Amen. Romans 8, verse 36 talks about this. He's, he says, as it is written for your sake, we are killed all day long. Oh, yeah, some of you die with worry. We're killed, you know. There's that expression, young people, you say, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're worrying me. You're killing me all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, sheep don't have much choice. When it's butcher time, it's butcher time. But look at that next verse. Yet, oh, let's preach the yet. Yet in all, not some, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Why? Through him who I am persuaded. Come on. Come on. Some of us got to get a hold of this by faith. I'm simply persuaded. Nothing can move me, amen, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to, nor height, nor depth, nor any any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go give him a praise. Nothing. Nothing. Amen. Fist bump somebody near you and say, nothing can separate me. My God is in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord's. Some people didn't come this morning to stay at home, mowed their grass. I don't know where they are, but I'm glad you're here to hear this. Some people are at home worrying right now. Jesus, help them. Amen. Listen, worry will paralyze you. When you get worried, it's like, don't. You're not going anywhere while you're worrying. You will, you will not overcome anything while you're worrying. Worry does not accomplish anything. It's simply paralyzes you. There's an interesting scripture in Jeremiah 46, 17, uh, one of the pharaohs of Egypt. It talks about him, and we don't know exactly what happened here, but he said, they cried there, they cried there in Egypt, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is but a noise. <laughs> he, has, he has passed by the appointed time. Now, we don't know what happened, but apparently they were weeping and crying and you know, depressed because he missed his opportunity. And it was too late to get it back. So many of us, we miss opportunities that we'll never get back because we spent too much time worrying instead of trusting. Worrying about how to go. So worried about how to go that we never go. I want, to, I want you to hear this. Worry in itself is a decision. I don't know if I should go to the right or to the left. I'm so worried I don't know what to do. Guess what? You just decided. You decided to do nothing, and nothing is a decision. 
And doing nothing is not always the safest place to be. The safest place to be is in the will of God. The safest place is in the hand of God. The safest place is knowing what His will is and getting out there and doing it. Amen. Now, sometimes people say, but I don't know the will of God. But listen, when you're up against it and you need to make a decision, listen, this advice will help you. This has helped me so many times through the years. Way back early in my experience, I had, I I don't have time to get into it. It's another Navy story. I, I don't have time. But I want you to understand sometimes when you don't know what to do, you need to do what makes sense by faith. You just go to God and say, God, today's the day. I have to make this decision. So here's what I'm going to do. It makes sense. I've prayed about it. I've laid it before you. Here I go. But, God, I'm going by faith because whatever is not of faith is sin. So I'm going by faith. So if it's wrong, you, you, you divert it. You close a door. You, you, you know, this is in your hand. I've got to decide today. So here's what I'm, listen, just don't not decide. Do what makes sense. There's such a thing as called the mind of Christ. And when you're mature in God, you start thinking like him. Now, don't get all godlike on me. That's not what I mean. You're not godlike. But we do tend to understand our brain patterns. You know, after you've been through a lot of these God decisions, you kind of get a track on your brain that knows where God's going. Does that make sense to anybody? So we go by faith. Worry is a decision. So where does it say this in Psalms? Psalms 23 and verse 2. He, say it with me, makes me. He makes me to lie down. In green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep are kind of weird. If they get around rapid waters, they, they get all skittish. They won't drink from chaos waters, kind of like us. Kind of like us. It's kind of hard for us to receive anything from God when there's, when there's just a, this, you know, rapid waters going through there. We, we, we don't like to get in a canoe and go down rapids. We like to go down still waters. Hello? <laughs> so let me give you a couple of things. Number one, notice it says he leads us. He's not behind us saying go. He's before us saying come. You can't drive sheep. It's like herding cats. You can't stand behind sheep and say, come on, get going, get going. And as pastor, I feel like that a lot. I feel like I'm, come on, come on, go. <laughs> but she, when you push sheep, they just scatter. That's why using guilt is not the right way to motivate. Sheep do this. It might work for a while, but eventually sheep, they just start. And sheep do this crazy thing. If one of the sheep really gets a good idea, like jumping off a cliff, They all jump off a cliff. Don't follow sheep, follow God. Well, I heard there's something. Well, I heard this. Listen, you need to hear from heaven, amen. I get so tired of people playing the God card. You know what that is? That's that little card that you play when you want to have your way and you say God told you. Drop the mic, go home, amen. And, and what's really dangerous about it, they really believe they heard from God. They want something so badly. 
and they want to go over there good they want to do this because it's so much fun and they want to do this and that they actually convince themselves that's God Oh, my sheep know my voice. We need to start hearing the voice of God. And I'm going to give you a word right here. As long as you're self-centered, you will never hear God's voice. As long as you are only after yourself and what you want, forget about God's voice. You need to lay that down. Oh, somebody help me in the house. He leads us. He says, come. It's like when Peter was in the boat. Lord, can I walk on the water? Oh, sounds like Peter. Can I walk on the water? Jesus said, Jesus said one word, come. He didn't explain the physics of it. <laughs> he didn't explain how it's going to happen. He just saw Jesus walking on the water. So Peter said, that means I can walk on the water. I'm that way too. If God blesses somebody, I feel like he could bless me too. Amen. So Peter got out, and he walked on the word C-O-M-E. Then he got worried because he ran out of word. If he'd have waited, he'd have got the next word closer. Somebody praise him in the house. Come a little closer. Wait on that word. Don't be looking at your storm. He leads us. The shepherd would go. Listen, the shepherd didn't just know where the good water was. The shepherd would actually go ahead and dam dam the, the waters up to create a pond of still water. Listen, if there aren't any possibility of still waters in your life, he will actually create a pond of still water for you. Come on, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. So he leads us. Number two, he gives strength for today. 2 Corinthians 6.2. He says, for he says, in an acceptable, say acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now, now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Oh, we got to get a hold of that. Your strength is today. Mark 13, verse 11 says, But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. Don't worry about it. But whatever is given you in that hour, in that hour, in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, you need to get this. Amen. I'm not just talking about getting locked up in jail. I'm telling you, God has a miracle for you now. Amen. He said, don't premeditate. Don't worry about it. Quit trying to construct all these things, what you're going to do. He said, just walk in the now because the Holy Ghost is in the now. He's in the now. We waste our time worrying about what we did yesterday. We said, and I believe in planning for the future and all that stuff. But listen, there's a difference between planning and worrying. And we look forward and we say, oh, man, that scares me. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and I don't know why I did that yesterday. And all the time you're missing. 
Because the Holy Ghost lives right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Today is the day. Now is the time, amen. We miss living in the moment while worrying about the past and the future. Wow. Today is the day. Strength comes now. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Listen, this is from the New Living Translation. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There he will receive, we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We've preached, you know, come boldly to the throne of grace, but we, we forget the why and the how. He said, come boldly now, because right now, <laughs> if you'll come right now, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your trouble, when you need it most, that's when I'll come. Let's, let's read it in, in, in another translation. This is in the, the Passion. Now, so now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. My God, hallelujah. I'm telling you, now is the time. You don't need strength for yesterday. You don't need strength for tomorrow. You need strength today. Now. Now is the time. Oh, am I helping anybody give him a praise? Amen. I watch this sometimes at the airport where you got little kids, little bitty kids. Everyone has to have their own ticket, right? So here comes dad. He's got three little kids. And as they come up to the ticket counter, he hands them their ticket. He did not hand them the ticket an hour before. He did not hand them that ticket the day before. He did not hand them that ticket when he downloaded it off the Internet and said, we're going on vacation next week, eight-year-old, and you be sure to hang on to this ticket. Y'all laugh because you know what's going to happen to that ticket. We get ready to go on the plane and go, I don't know what I do with it. Some of us are old and mature, and we do that. Can't get on the plane without the ticket. You're not moving forward without his strength. So God, knowing how we are, he says, listen, you can't deal with today, yesterday. You can't deal with today, tomorrow. He said, you need your ticket today. So when you step into the trial, I'll give you the ticket. When you get ready to face it, I'll give you the ticket. When you're, oh, my God, when you need the strength, I'll give you the strength. Ah, praise him, man. When I first went to Lee College, I had the advantage of already having been in the ministry for a few years, not pastoring, but evangelizing and doing different things. And, and I had already, you know, studied online for a couple years. So when I went to Lee, I had the advantage of already being in the ministry, and I kept meeting these guys who had been called to preach right out of high school. And they knew they, when they got called, they felt the anointing. Oh. Oh. I am called. Ah, I better go to school. And, get, and while they're in school, they don't feel the, uh, I lost my anointing. I, don't, I, just don't, I just can't imagine me getting in a pulpit. What was I thinking? I, I've studied all this stuff. Now I know more than ever that I don't know what I'm doing. 
I can't do this. I feel so ill-equipped. And, and I, I just, you know, I was kind of a chaplain at that time with the veterans, and, and I, I would just pull them in and say, look, 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 look. God's not going to anoint you to preach until you walk into the pulpit. You're not going to feel an anointing before you walk up here. When you open your mouth, it'll come. Because we live in the now. God's doing it now. He's not going to anoint you a year in advance for some sermon you're going to preach. You're not going to feel what you don't need. And we get confused by that. We say, where's God? He'll be there when you need him. He may be asleep in the boat. And you may not be feeling it. And you're saying, God, where are you? We're going down. We're sinking. How many know that boat did not go down? I'm here to tell you, he will be there when you need him. Strength will be there when you need the strength. The anointing will be there when it's time to be anointed, not before. He's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. Oh, somebody help me in this house. So, so number three, they went to number three already. I, okay, I'm, I'm going. Stay focused. Stay focused on what's happening today. Matthew 6, right? Verse 33 and verse 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Then verse 34, therefore. We we read the first one, never the next one. Therefore, this is why, this is what, 33 is there for. We quote 33, never 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. If you're seeking first the kingdom, you will never have a reason. Oh, my God. I can't stay still. I'm sorry. I see your heads. You're going like this, trying to keep up with me. They teach you in school, stand before the pulpit, don't, don't move. Oh, my God, if I didn't move, I'd explode. I feel, I feel like that thumper rabbit right now. I might even do that little jump you taught me. I may pay for it later, but that felt good at the moment. Say, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. You're busy seeking the kingdom for today. For tomorrow. For tomorrow. will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Some of you, by worrying, are just looking for trouble. Oh, hush. Seek the kingdom. You know, we worry because we're seeking everything else. That's how we get in trouble. Let's look at this. I think it's the message. Let's look at this in another version. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. I think that's why Eve took a bite of the apple. She was afraid of missing something. She had thousands of trees to eat from. She had to go eat from that 
that one tree. Was it an apple tree? I don't know. You know, it's not about the fruit on the tree. It's about the pear on the ground. All right, move on. Half, groovy, half the, you ought to turn around. Half the church doesn't get it yet. They don't get Pear, all right, no. don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met when you seek first. Look at verse 34. Give your entire attention to what. Oh, that just hit me. I just realized I'm preaching to me. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody else. Can I be honest? Preachers worry. Oh, that's so unscriptural. Why am I any different than you? Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard thing comes up when the time comes. Come on, praise him if you're getting this word. Don't worry. Get ready because during the altar call we're going to sing, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Well, God is a Jamaican, so there we go. You know, being Jamaican is bad enough, but when you get there, it might be a Jamaican mama. Then you're really going to be freaked out. There's a story behind that. Those of you who don't know the story, I'm, I'm, let me apologize right now for messing up your theology. <laughs> we all know God's white, blue-eyed, blonde hair. We all know that. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> You're going to be messed up if you find out he's from the Congo. Is this going to mess you up when you get to heaven He's from Japan, and he bows. And people in heaven know more about God right now than you ever will until you. I got to get this finished. Y'all okay? Number four, the key, the key, the key, and I'll conclude, sort of. Handle today's problems with today's strength. You don't have strength for tomorrow's problems yet. And that's why we get caught up in worry, because there is no strength for tomorrow. Oh, y'all won't amen that. You do not have strength for tomorrow. Don't need strength for yesterday. It's done. You only need strength today. Yeah, but what about to- when tomorrow comes, strength will come for tomorrow. That's why you seek first the, is that too deep? Am I too deep? I'm too deep. Put your, put, your, put your long boots on. Come on in there with me. Let me tell you something. The Titanic did not sink because it hit an iceberg. Ships today could hit that iceberg every day and not sink. It sank because it couldn't contain the flooding. It's because in all their wisdom, you know, they named it Titanic. They named it after a god, Titan. The unsinkable Titan God. All oh, its worship, the unsinkable. God says, Watch this. In all their wisdom to save money, they only built the bulkheads, the walls, up to a certain point and left them open. So when the compartment flooded that hit the iceberg, 
when it flooded, when it reached the top, it just flowed into the other two compartments. And when those compartments flooded, they didn't have such a thing as watertight doors. I mean, after all, it was unsinkable. Listen, I got a word for somebody here. It's not about how much water the boat is in, but about how much water is in the boat. It doesn't matter how bad your circumstance is. It's about how much of it are you letting in. It's how much of it you're taking responsibility for. It's about how much of it are you worrying or it's about how much are you not how much of it are you not trusting God for. Listen, you can be in 3 miles deep water, but you're not going to sink as long as you keep the water out of the and some of you are sinking in and drowning in six foot of water because you're five eleven. <laughs> I've I've just reminded I've, I've, this is this is uh, supposed to be a diver's watch. I guess you know I can I don't I can't even swim. I got a diver's watch. It's good for like three hundred feet below, right? <laughs> and every time I get around water, Gloria says, "Take that watch off." I said, it's a diver's watch. It's guaranteed for 300 feet. If I'm in 300 feet of water, I'm in a whole lot more trouble than losing my watch. I don't care about the watch at that point. I'm not like, I've ruined my... If I'm in six foot of water, I'm worried, not happy, because I'm 5'8". Anybody feeling me? So Jesus is in the boat. The storm is unbelievable. I mean, the word there for storm, Heraklion, it's like demonic. And it probably was. It probably was a demon trying to sink that boat. You say, how can that be? Because when they got on the other side, he set a man free who had a thousand demons in him. How many know demons talk to each other? You need to stop that boat, amen. Oh, that's right. The enemy's always trying to stop. What's he knows what's going to happen if you keep going the way you're going to go? So he tries to throw a storm at you to sink your boat. But don't worry about the storm outside the boat because there's peace in the boat. Somebody stand to your feet and give God a praise in this place, amen.